So as some of you might know, uh, we did a series of Tampa Tantrum Talks in Prague this year. Um, those talks are going to be coming to the website very, very soon. But in the meantime, I recorded a few shorts while I was there uh, of interviews with different people um, and that I wanted to share with you. So uh, the first one comes from a speaker who uh, has been on Tampa Tantrum um, in Nice. He was a special guest in one of our discussion groups and he was so amazing that we invited him to come and do a talk in Asia uh, where he talked about brand. His name is Brian W. Jones and I'm sure you're going to love this. So I'm joined by a former Tampa Tantrum speaker. Um, seems like an age ago we were in Asia. Uh, Brian W. Jones um, from, I never know quite where to say from, but Supersonic Coffee definitely as one of the founders, um, but also designer behind many of the coffee brands that you may see today. G&B Coffee, Go Get em Tiger, Workshop Coffee, to name just a few. Um, and I'm joined here, we're both here in Prague. Um, how come you're here? Uh, I saw Barista Guild send out a tweet, some of the speakers, and I had nothing to do this weekend, so I thought it would be a fun little trip. I'd never been to Prague before, and um, yeah, I just looked up last minute flights and found a good deal. Thought it would be, thought it would be a nice, uh, informative getaway. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and listen, we're only halfway through, uh, halfway through the first main day of education, but. It, it's been it's been really fun and they've made us very welcome here which has been uh, been nice so first time in Prague what what did you know about the Prague coffee scene did you know of any of the coffee shops here or did you kind of yeah anything I'd heard a little bit you know I'd heard about double shot and then just because of like Instagram and stuff like that uh, you know I'd, I'd seen photos of some of the other shops before um, so I knew it was kind of like a growing, like a, a kind of young but growing um, coffee scene. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely excited to kind of be here and check out some of those shops and um, see what, what they have going on. Have you had any sausage since you've been here? Because that does seem to be the, the major staple diet, is sausage. Uh, I, I had the, the vegetarian alternative, which was a giant of chunk of... Of course, you're uh, vegetarian, aren't yeah. you? Oh, wow, yeah. Fried cheese, that's the vegetarian yeah. option. I had fried cheese last night. I won't be having it again. I think yeah. I, I still have some of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good for fixing punches in your bike. Though. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really good for that. Yeah. Um, so, Supersonic, last time we spoke, was still quite new. Um, you were still finding your feet. I've kind of been watching with very keen eyes from the opposite side of the Atlantic of what's happening there. Uh, how's it been going? What, what's, what's been going? What's, what's been the changes? Um, well, we, uh, I mean, I, I still kind of consider us as young. Um, we, you know, we've, we've been growing a little bit. We've added, you know, two... We've added one person full-time to the team who's, um, you know, helping us with some tech stuff, but he was trained, he went to school as a product designer. Okay. So in some ways it's kind of like, you know, he's a very multifaceted person um, and, you know, he's able to help me as a designer. Um, he has a creative perspective on things. Um, you know, he's able to work some of the computer software that no one else before, um, aside from me, could use. So when I'm not there, when I'm back in Sweden or when I'm traveling, it's great to have an extra set of you know hands and eyes on the ground. Um, so that's been just kind of helping us as a, as a team grow. Um, 
get some energy, some some new perspective. And that's the thing is that with a, when you're a small young team, you know, like you're starting off, you want people that can do ten jobs instead of just one. You know, it's like because you can cover a lot more bases with it. And also, if somebody's off, it's amazing. You suddenly have to turn your hand to something else. It kind of helps to have those those skills uh, available. Um, the I kind of I got to see a little bit of. Um, the US kind of coffee scene uh, in Seattle this year. Mm-hmm. And, and I always see it from afar, but getting, going to Seattle and just seeing you know, a group of shops I've not been to before. Um, how is that market developing? I know you're kind of further down down the coast, but there seems to be so many more players involved now than there ever was. Um, do you see that continuing? Do you see there being ability to have that growth? Yeah, I mean, we actually were talking about that over dinner last night because um, apparently the same seems to be happening in the UK a bit. Um, yeah. But it, it, I mean, it almost feels like a bubble. I mean, you know, with Dear Coffee, I Love You being more of this kind of just coffee um, viewership, you know, like on Instagram and Twitter, like every day I get followed by new roasters. Yeah. Like they're popping up everywhere. Um, and of course, we're a part of that. We're a new roaster as well. Um, but... You know, a lot of these seem to be, you know, just kind of in the middle middle parts of America. Like a lot of the, the roasteries were kind of on the coast and now they're popping up in, you know, Ohio, Missouri, Arkansas, like they're all over the place. And, um, you know, right off the back because of, um, you know, the internet and information, they're, they're quite good once they start up, you know, yeah. and access to better green from some of the importers. Um, and it, it has, you know... Because I think the the number of roasters has grown faster than maybe the number of shops that fully understand what we're doing. So, you know, you, you tend to see a lot of roasters kind of fighting over the same, you know, new specialty shops. The ones that, that you know are going to do a good job. And it's hard to kind of rethink the industry or rethink the market. And, like, where else can you penetrate and where else can you educate or sell coffee? Um because we can't just keep fighting over like the same, you know, 20 multi-roaster shops on the coasts like that. That's just not scalable um, with the number of roasters that are coming up. So, yeah, it's like, how do we how do we rethink what we're doing and how do we create something unique and interesting? And that's, you know, more valuable, more valuable than someone else. That was something I definitely kind of. I, there se- I seems to be getting more feel for this multi-roaster approach in the U.S. than anywhere else. Um, do you see that spreading outside? Like, I mean, we've seen evidence of it in lots of European shops, but there still seems to be a core that are, you know, very uh, wedded to their roaster kind of thing. Do you see that changing in Europe? Yeah, I imagine. I mean, you know, in Sweden, it's there are a couple of them um, in in each city that are starting to you know pop up. Um, it, I don't know. I, I think with the U.S., it might be we're, we're used to having choice. Like, to us, that equals freedom in some way, you know? It's like you go to the store, and there's 30 different brands of pickles, um, you know? But <laughs> you come to Europe, and there are just pickles. Yes. <laughs> um, so it, it could be a cultural thing, but uh, I do see it growing more. And I think part of it is because, you know, in the past, the reason you would have loyalty to a roaster is because, you know, they would provide something for that loyalty, whether it was machine discounts or whether it was training um, and you know people needed the training but now again because of the internet and just because the the industry's grown you've got really talented baristas that you know either worked someplace bigger or they were you know home barista they decide to open a shop and so they either don't need the training or they don't feel they need the training yeah and then they just um, yeah they just kind of their coffee shop sort of becomes like an extension of what they like um, and it becomes a lab and they just like to explore and experiment 
always offer whatever's new. Um, and so that's the other thing. There isn't even much loyalty among specialty. It's like they'll have you as, you know, a guest for three months, but then someone, there's always new roasters. So they want to have what's new because it, it helps them sell more coffee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, like I've said this before, as a, as a customer, I love it. I love trying all those new coffees. But then the other side of me, now that I work with a roastery, uh, it sucks. You know, it's, it's hard for... I, must, I, I, I definitely come from that, that side. I kind of see why people want to do it, but it's almost cherry-picking, you know, the, the parts of the business. When, you know, you give them... For us, you know, we don't just take a customer on. We want to support them. We want to, we want to help them. We want to promote them. You know, we want to shout about them. And then my customer goes in and said, oh, the coffee was terrible in there because they've got some guests in there. And, you know, we, if we said send them that, they'd say, oh, no, we're not... You know, send it back, yeah. um, and it just—I don't know—it just it, it grades on me. But that's a whole podcast I could end up talking about uh, guest roasters and uh, you, uh, how much it annoys. Yeah. You also get it too. Like sometimes they, you know, because if they're ordering from you, but also four or five other roasters, and you and you know, you tell people you're like, oh yeah, you can go to this place and get our coffee, and you know, they haven't placed an order for two or three weeks because oh, they still have extra from another roaster. So you sent that person to that shop, and then they don't even get to try your coffee, yeah, um, or even buy it and take some home, and that's kind of a bummer for you know the roaster. So, so what what's what's next for Supersonic? Because do you see? I mean, obviously you're going to continue to grow, I'm guessing, but like you know, you you don't don't have the retail space at the moment, do you? It's just just roasting is. Yeah. So well, so since last time we talked, we actually like from the beginning, we'd always planned on having this airstream converted. Um, that was going to be because we have a big roastery space and then right outside of it we have a pretty big parking lot yeah and so we were going to get this airstream trailer renovate it and put it out front um, and that initial process took a little longer than we planned but um, on Easter of this year actually we actually took possession um, of, of the trailer the whole outside has been fully renovated polished um, we've had two service windows cut into the side the inside was fully gutted. We've got water lines, electricity, LED lighting, and now it's just a, it's empty. It's a shell. So our next step is to build out our countertops, outfit it with the equipment. Um, and our goal is to have it open, you know, this summer. Um, no date at all for that, but that's, that's the next step. And then that will be in front of the roastery, you know, open regular hours. Uh, and then we actually have a space adjacent to our roastery that we will then, you know, we're now starting the kind of long-term phases or plans to turn that into like a permanent um, cafe and it'll look into the roastery space um, so yeah it'll be nice to have the the airstream in place to you know build awareness that we're there we uh, a couple months ago we did a, our first pop-up where we basically rolled up the garage door on the roastery with some tables um, we had a steampunk um, set up and then we were doing pour overs and you know in about four hours with just a couple days of promotion we had 75 people come out more than half of them were like, oh, yeah, I live a block away. Like, we're really excited that you're here in the neighborhood. And it was just really nice to kind of meet our future customers, you know. Um, and now we have some of them, they order their coffee, you know, every week online. But then, you know, they just come to the roastery to pick it up so they don't have to pay shipping. Fantastic. Um, so wh where can people, because um, I know you love Instagram, and uh, I'm sure this... this uh, uh, this trailer people can see photos of where can where can they see the photos of this conversion going on will it be on your instagram or will it be on supersonics or yeah it'll be on uh, supersonics instagram yeah um so we currently we've just posted the a couple pictures of of the outside shell to kind of tease people but 
once we get in there and start doing work, uh, there will be more. And so the exterior was done off-site by a, a guy who's, I guess, kind of known for, that's what he does. He's a specialist in refurbishing airstreams, which seems like a very niche thing. It but, does uh, a little bit. Like, that's definitely narrowing down your work, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, he does everything from, like, the signage to the emblems. They're all, like, to spec from 1965 and stuff like that. So it's pretty... Uh, we should definitely go and check those out. And also, can you ask uh, beyond when I'm going to get my next coffee awesome because I'm sick of waiting for it. It's, it's got to be time for a new one by now. You know, she uh, in Seattle, she had so many people uh, ask her about that. And uh, I, I think she's uh, it's a lot of work. And I mean, you know this. You know how much work it is. <laughs> I am is. fully aware of the several podcasts a week that I push out. Yeah, I mean, I, she's only doing one a month or once every six weeks. But, uh, you know, so I think she's, she has, I think, one that she hasn't released yet, um, and that may be the last one for a while, just oh, because no. she's, yeah, she's not, uh, she just doesn't have the time. But, but ev- everyone everyone keeps telling her how great it is, so maybe we can convince her to keep doing it. Cause well, they if are those awesome. who don't know what I'm talking about, go search Coffee Awesome on iTunes, and uh, you will find the podcast, and there's some really good ones on there. Apart from the one with Brian on it, it's nowhere near as good as this one. Yeah, That I was one of, that was a trial one. Yeah. She was just practicing on me, yeah. so... Well, no, it's really good. Well, actually, while we were in Seattle, we drove down to Portland, uh, and we listened to all of them on the drive down and the drive back, so we, uh, yeah, we, we had about six hours, nice. <laughs> six hours worth listening to. But no, it's a great podcast. You should go check it out. Thank you very much, Brian. Oh, awesome thank to you. talk to you as always. Yeah, it's great.